Today in our Woman of Faith series, we are going to discuss a woman named Monica from church history who happened to be the mother of one of the greatest theologians of our early church history. We still glean from this man's work to this day, and we're going to just see how her faithful prayers, her dedication to the Lord and to her family is what transformed her family to the blessing that we have today in even this generation over 1,500 years later. Enjoy. Hey, family. Welcome to God's Word, Transforming Lives. Are you ready to dive deeper into your walk with Christ? Do you desire to learn His Word with a greater understanding that applies to your daily living? Do you feel like you're in a vicious cycle of victory and defeat? My name is Amy, and friend, I was so frustrated with my faith walk for decades. No matter what I did, I could not escape the symptoms that trauma from my childhood left me with. Not only that, I didn't seem to experience any victory that I read about in the Word of God. And even worse, I couldn't see it or experience it in my church life either. It all left me feeling even more confused and more empty. I knew Christ was the way and the truth and the life, and I knew His Word was the answer. So finally one day, I got fed up with living in defeat. And I became determined to find the Jesus of Scripture. I discovered true faith in Christ and had to unlearn much of what I had been taught. With God's Word and His Spirit, I have been free from anxiety, post-traumatic stress disorder, depression, and suicidal thoughts for almost 15 years. And I have learned a tool set to overcome my past trauma and losses. God's Word has transformed my life. If you are ready for truth and transformation, then hop into the slow cooker with me and let's marinate together in God's Word. Did you know I have a free sisterhood community of women just like you? Women who love Jesus and they love one another. They too are looking for that deeper walk with Christ, and they love learning His Word. If you pause right now and click the link below in the show notes, it'll take you right to the Facebook group. We look forward to getting to know you. Hello, sisters. Today, we are going to talk about another woman of faith that we can take from, that we can glean from her life. Many of you have probably heard of St. Augustine. He is one of the greatest theologians of all time. His works, we have millions of his words written down. We have thousands of his works still today. He is from the 4th and 5th century, and we just have all these amazing writings that are still read by men and women today that we are gleaning from um, his amazing works. He truly, truly has made a dynamic impact on Christianity and the exegesis of scripture, which is the, you know, the interpretation of what the scripture says literally and expounded on that. And so we, we truly, he is such a gift from God to the body of Christ. Um, like I said, even, you know, 1500, 1600 years later, here we are. But today 
we are not going to talk about St. Augustine and all the great things he did. We're going to talk about the woman behind him, the woman that uh, girded him up and um, sent him out. You know, we've talked before about, you know, the woman, the woman that rocks the cradle, rules the world. You know, women have such a dynamic impact. Mothers have such a dynamic impact on the children in which they are raising. And so, and that's why I love talking about um, other women of faith that have gone before us and how we can glean from these beautiful Titus women in our own lives. And so we're just going to get into it. Her name is Monica. She was born in 331 AD in North Africa. She was raised in a, a really good Christian home, and this really gave her her foundation for her deep faith. She had a deep, committed faith to Jesus Christ. And when she got older, of course, she got married, and unfortunately, as committed as she was to her faith in Jesus Christ, she did not obey the scripture that says, do not be unequally yoked. There is a reason why the Lord tells us, do not be unequally yoked. And that is a whole episode within itself. But she ends up marrying a pagan, an unbeliever um, named Patrius or Patricius. Unfortunately, he had a violent temper. He was very abusive and he was known for his infidelity. He was known for the cheating and adultery and and as a result, her marriage was really difficult. He was not committed to Christ, did not have the same affections for her faith and for her Lord, and lived a life of debauchery, making it you know, very difficult for her as a wife and as a mom. I can't even imagine, as I'm sure some of you have gone through infidelity or abuse, and you know the complexities of it. Some of you are married to an unbeliever, someone who is not committed to Christ, and you know the complexities that come with that when you love Jesus so much and just want to serve him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And your um, your husband will be a hindrance to that if he is not equally yoked with you. And so, and if you're single and listening to this, please, please heed the warnings of the word and obey the commands of our Lord and do not be unequally yoked. Make sure that you marry somebody who is sold out for Jesus, though God does sometimes work it out and they end up getting saved and he can bring great things uh, through it. That's not a promise that he will. And so we, um, I do have a podcast about the eight red flags. If you're dating somebody who professes Christ, but they're not truly born again, eight red flags that you're not dating a godly man, that you're not with someone who's truly a godly man and take those um, warnings very seriously. So you can go and listen to that episode. I'll have it linked in the show notes for you as well. So anyway, so here's Monica. She just loves Jesus. She was raised in a Christian home, but she made the grave mistake of marrying an unbeliever. And so her marriage was very difficult. And so she was trying to raise her children up in the ways of the Lord while they're seeing a divided home. And they're seeing a husband who is not loving his wife as Christ loves the church. He's out um, committing adultery. He's abusive to her. I'm, I'm sure physically, emotionally abusive. And this is what they're being raised in. And so Augustine would have grown up seeing this divided household and the complexities of it. He would have had the um, beautiful rearing of his mother who was, you know, would have raised him in the ways of the Lord and taught him about Jesus. 
but that he also would have the strong influence of his father who had complete disregard to Christ and who he was. And so Augustine, unfortunately, did not embrace Christianity. And instead, he enjoyed the pleasures of this world. He was known as a womanizer and a partier. And Augustine went out and lived his life the way that he wanted to live it. He was really intelligent, though. And he loved learning about different philosophies and different religions and other thoughts of life. and. And so he really embraced all that the world had to offer then, not just the women and the, and the drinking, but also um, the, the high mind, you know, the, the intellectualism um, that, that the world had to offer as well. But, you know, Monica never gave up on her husband and she never gave up on her son and she prayed fervently for them. And she would always talk about the things of the Lord. And even as Augustine was out living in the world, she would still, you know, try to convince him about the much better way, the way, which is Jesus Christ. And he would not accept that, you know, for a long time, but she never gave up. She stayed on her knees in prayer. She continued to be a faithful servant, you know, just washing her husband's feet in a figurative sense, you know, loving her, him, serving him, even in his, um, his trepidoodleness is what we would call it here at Be the Church. And we, he would, she would just continue to, um, love him. And same with Augustine. She just loved him through this phase in which of rebellion against God. And she continued to pray and, and believe God for their souls. And after many years of this struggle, um, Augustine, who I had said, st studied so many different philosophies and so many different religions. And when he started really looking at his mother's faith, started really looking at Christ and, and the teachings of Christ, he realized that Christ was the only one that made sense out of all the philosophies, out of all the you know, different religions, he saw finally that it is Christ, that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And nobody gets to the father, but through him. And, and he gave his life to Christ in his early thirties. It was 387 AD. He had been in his early thirties. I think he was about 32 and he gave his life over and, and devoted his life to Christ. And when he did his life radically transformed and when you read some of his writings and you see how he completely changed his mind about, you know, womanizing and drunkenness and living for the pleasures of this world and living a selfless or selfish life for himself and how he completely devoted himself to the gospel of Jesus Christ to where we have all these beautiful writings today, his writings have touched the lives of every generation. We think of men like Thomas Aquinas, Martin Luther, John Calvin, and just the list goes on and on of the men and women whose Augustine's writings and life have touched. He went up against a lot of false teachers in his day. He um, was very, like I said, well-educated. And so he was able to really defend um, our faith just in a dynamic way. And he went up against the false teachers that were trying to infiltrate the church back then. Nothing new under the sun. We have the same thing going on today. He really became just this dynamic man 
in God that, like I said, we still glean from. And so here's Monica, you know, she prayed faithfully for her son and he did eventually become saved. And so did her husband, his later life. He eventually gave his life over to Christ as well. And he was completely transformed. So what can we learn from this? What can, what is, what can we learn from Monica? I have two things here. One, stand in prayer. Do not give up ladies. Even when it looks like nothing will ever change. It looks like your husband is just going to continue. He is stubborn and stiff necked, you know, or your kids are just wayward and they're just not, you know, changing. And it doesn't, it feels like they're never going to change. I encourage you to continue to stand in prayer. Prayer changes everything. God is faithful to hear our prayers. And we need to be devoted to making our requests known to him. Just like the the woman who just never stopped knocking at the judge's door. Hannah never gave up asking for a child. Sarah is known for her faith in Hebrews, because she believed God for a child, even though she, she was past the age of child rearing. We have a long line of women, even in our families. I know my grandmother was a praying grandmother. She never gave up on the salvation of her husband, on the salvation of her children and her grandchildren. She was a prayer warrior. She got up every day and would hit her knees to the floor and she'd pray for her family, pray for other needs that she knew about. And before she went to bed every night, she'd get on her knees again and she would pray the prayers to her father. And so we have a long line, a long lineage of women who prayed us into the kingdom. My grandma prayed me into the kingdom and God answered those prayers faithfully. And so whatever you're praying for, don't give up. Just keep praying. Keep staying on the promises of God. Know that the prayers of the righteous avail much that he making our petitions known to God, that there in revelations, it talks about a bowl of a golden bowl, just full of the prayers of the saints in the throne room of heaven. And every prayer you pray is in that bowl. Just know that as Christ is interceding for us on our behalf, that we are able to make our petitions known day and night. And so faithful sister, stay in prayer. Do not stop praying. Even when you're doing the dishes, even when you're driving to work or driving the kids to school or whatever you're doing, just keep praying and believe God, believe him for his promises and that he will answer your prayers. And number two, I just want you to remember your, your impact is world changing. Mom, you don't know. You don't know. You could be raising the next Augustine or the next Billy Graham or the next missionary. You don't know. But just know that your faithful servanthood to your family will at times feel so overwhelming. At times you think, man, I have blown it. I have just, I got angry today. I yelled at the kids. I, you know, slammed the, you know, cup down or whatever. And you think, oh, I blew it. But you didn't blow it, mom. You didn't blow it. They see faithful woman of God in her consistency, 
And when we do have days that we blow it, as I'm sure Monica blew it, I'm sure her jealousy got the best of her sometimes when her husband was cheating on her. I'm sure that she got tired of being um, abused emotionally or verbally and maybe lashed out. You know, I'm sure that her children uh, raising the boys were off the chain at times and she lost her cool because we all do. But that does not disqualify you. We say we're sorry. We repent when we mess up. And that goes a long way with children and with unbelievers. It's when we can just admit that we did not represent Christ and who he is in that moment of time that we allowed uh, the sin that still dwells within us to uh, win and take over in that moment. But I want you to know your dedication, your faithfulness, your love for Christ and your family will make a great impact. And you don't know how much of an impact. And it doesn't matter if your child doesn't turn out to be the next Augustine whose writings are read, you know, for the next 1500 years by every generation, or if he's not the next, he or she's not the next Billy Graham. If what, if who you're raising impacts one person, impacts one soul for all of eternity, you have done an amazing job. We don't want to put these high expectations on our children. We just want to show them the love of Jesus Christ so that they can uh, grow and, and hopefully devote their lives to him and become you know, great husbands and great mothers and, and, and great participants of society and, and, and become true church, uh, in, integrated in a church community and a church family, using their gifts for the body of Jesus Christ, walking in holiness, being sanctified in our Lord, and just touching whatever lives the Lord puts in front of them at that time. You don't know who your children will become or how great your husband may become born again and completely transformed and become just an amazing man of God. No matter what, God is faithful. No matter how it turns out, he is faithful. And we know that our prayers, and our, our servanthood to our family and our friends and our neighbors and our church community does have an impact. And sometimes we won't see that impact until we're in glory. And then the Lord will show you the fruit of your labor, the fruit of your faithfulness to him and to those around you. You are raising the next generation of Christian world changers. And it may look completely different than what we thought it was going to look like, how we wanted it to turn out. Maybe our children will go wayward, but do not give up on them. Continue to love them and show them the love of Jesus. You are planting deep, deep seeds within them. When you are washing them in the word, when you're washing them in prayer, when you're living by example before them, these seeds are being thrown onto their soil every day, every day, more seeds and more seeds and believe and trust and believe that someone will come alongside and water those seeds and believe that God will give the increase. I'm sure Monica had no idea that she was raising an Augustine and like I said, maybe our kids will never become famous theologians, but like I, if they just impact one person for all of eternity, that is gold. That is precious in the sight of God. Most men and women who have done the mightiest works for God have no name in history.
of no name in history. Most of the brothers and sisters throughout all the generations who have done some of the greatest work for God and touched some of the um, some touched lives, we have no history of them. But God does because He has their name written in the only book that matters, the Book of Life. The Book of Life, when it comes to our souls, is our name written in the Book of Life. God will give each one their reward. We don't have to try to be famous or influencers on social media or all these things that the world tells us to be. You are an influencer for the kingdom of God in your home and in your families and to your neighbors and to your church community. I think of Proverbs 31, that the woman who stayed faithful to prayer and service that that sacrifice is precious in the sight of God. And so I just want to end with reading Proverbs 31. I'm going to read just a few of the verses. I'm going to read 10 through 12. An excellent wife, who can find her? She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. Oh, that Petrius had a wonderful, wonderful wife who never gave up on him, continued to pray him through the darkness, to love him despite what he was doing, who continued to cook his meals and do his laundry and clean the house and rear the kids and show him grace and mercy, just as God shows us grace and mercy every day. And then I think of her children when I look at Verses 28 through 31, her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellent things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gift. Just know that your children rise up and call you blessed. They'll see, they'll understand someday how precious you are and what a wonderful mother and wife that you are before the Lord and before them. And that fruit will come to fruition. The promises of God are covering you. His word will not return void. Keep loving your husband loving your children, making a peaceful, safe, loving home for them, washing them in the word and serving them. And sister, the fruit will come forth. God bless you. Family, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If it has blessed you in any way, would you give me 30 seconds and share it with a friend of yours? One more small little favor, if you would. Head over to whatever podcast source you're listening to this on and give me a five-star review. That would be so great. It helps get the episodes out there to other people who may be wanting to learn God's word. Again, don't forget guys, until next time, it is a crockpot faith, not a microwave. With God's word, discipleship, and patience, you too will be transformed for his good work grace and peace I leave with you until next time.